0: To the simple, to the You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: The supposed contradiction in these accounts does not diminish the event. Jesus healed the blind men. That's the headline. The tomb was empty. That's the news. It didn't take away from the real body or headline. It was just a different perspective. The supposed contradiction didn't change the story.
0: As we The Bible is God's reliable, inerrant word. It reveals His heart in the story of the world so far, as well as His heart for us right now. It was written by multiple authors over the course of thousands of years, with multiple perspectives, but the Holy Spirit was behind it, inspiring it all along. Skeptics latch on to instances where there might seem to be a contradiction, but as Pastor Dion will point out, even at times where the story seems to vary between authors, the heart of the message remains firmly intact. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, as he continues his message, What Makes the Bible Holy?
1: There's a designer, a divine sovereign, but that knowledge is still incomplete and insufficient. Natural knowledge, like, as I said, reveals that God is, but it doesn't reveal who God is. So God took the initiative of self-disclosure. In the Bible, God reveals His nature, His character, His attributes. He leaves nothing to speculation or individual interpretation. He reveals Himself to us. In the Bible, God revealed and proved that He is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, transcendent above all. He revealed that He is omnipresent, that He is immutable, that He never changes. In the Bible, God revealed His ways, His will, His wants. He revealed His love, His holiness, His justice. You guys got it? So, we see that there's something divine about the Holy Bible. And then the way the Bible was written is called this. Everybody say it out loud, divine inspiration. Say it again, divine inspiration. God spoke to the 40 contributors of the Bible through a variety of methods. Audible words, he spoke to them through angels, through dreams, through visions, through events, through inner promptings, through his son Jesus Christ. That's how God spoke to them. In fact, listen to how the Apostle Paul explained it in 2 Timothy 3:16. Here it is. Read it with me out loud. All scripture is given by everybody, inspiration of God. And then the Apostle Peter explained it like this: 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. Knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by, everybody, the Holy Spirit. So the Scripture emphasizes that all Scripture is inspired by God. Can we say that out loud again? What? Inspired by God. The phrase means... God breathed. Say that out loud. What? God breathed. It's illustrated this way when God breathed into the form that He fashioned out of the dirt in the very beginning. It says He breathed into His lungs and man became a living soul. God breathed His words in a variety of ways to 40 different men over 1,500 years. All the men maintained their own individual personalities and styles and opinions. Some even disagreed with God's message. Jonah didn't want to preach what God told him to. But he did anyway because, hey. I mean, so these guys, they weren't autobots. They were inspired. Everybody said aloud what? Inspired. So here's what we know about the Bible thus far. The Bible, it's author obviously is a divine sovereign. We know him to be God. God is the one who gave self-disclosure. That's what the Bible is all about. His story, letting us know not just that he is, but who he is. It's his story. Nudge your neighbor and say, it's his story. The way God communicated that information was divine inspiration. God breathed. In an audible voice, in dreams, in visions, he breathed that word. And the authors were inspired. Now we have some understanding of what inspiration is. Inspired musicians, artists, and engineers can compose some amazing things. Michelangelo's painting in the Sistine Chapel. Everybody say, inspired right? Not the, not the painting itself, but he was inspired, made the painting. Beethoven's symphony, the Ioraika, right? Those were a product. Those things were a product of inspiration, the result of inspiration. God's Word is a, the source of inspiration. You guys get this? It's important to know. What do I mean by that? God's Word God's words have God's life in them. So when God spoke to these men, they were inspired to write it down. But understand, more than just the messenger was inspired, it was the message, the words themselves that were inspired. God's word have God's life in them. That's why Paul said this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Read it out loud with me. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Say it again. The word of God is alive. So that's why the book that we hold, though it might just be words and punctuation, it might just be, uh, you know, the compilation of those things. But it is so much more. It's alive because it's God's breath. Not just in the one who spoke it, but in the words themselves. And that's why God's word is alive and powerful. See, the men God chose heard God's message and wrote it down. They were inspired. But more than that, the words are inspired, as I said, alive and powerful. The words in the Holy Bible are pregnant with life, with light, with peace, with hope, with faith, with courage. The words of God have the power of God in them. And it's the reason Jesus could say, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Say it out loud, spirit and life. So, the book we hold because of its author is alive. It's living. The words in there, yeah, go ahead and say, it's alive, right? It's alive. It has life in it. Listen, there are only three things that plague the human race. Only three. How many? Now, we, we could all, I could ask you, you have a bunch of things. Well, what about this, and what about that, and this like well, How could you say that there's only three? Well, everything, every negative thing falls under three categories. Sin, sorrow, and death. Say it out loud. Sin, sorrow, and death. Every negative thing in life falls under one of those three. From addiction to arrogance, from disease to divorce, from viruses to violence. All of them fall under either sin, sorrow, or death. The Bible, the Holy Bible, is the only book on earth that has the answers for all three problems. The Bible is like the tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. You remember when God created, put Adam and Eve there? There was obviously, we know about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But there was another tree there, the tree of life. Now think about it. The tree of eternal life. But Adam and Eve, unfortunately, were more interested with the tree of knowledge and self-improvement People today also overlook the Bible just the same. Because the Bible is like the tree of life in the middle of a garden. In it, it has the, the power to give us courage and life, eternal life. Isn't that awesome? It has the power to give us illumination, encouragement, inspiration. But people overlook it. You know, people today overlook the Bible just like Adam and Eve overlooked the tree of life. Men today say that, the, that man has evolved. Culture has changed. The Bible doesn't apply. The Bible's archaic. It's irrelevant. They say they're so blind to, to, to all the truth. So they go through their life of sin, sorrow, and death, trying to figure it out but they're like a colorblind man trying to fix a Rubik's Cube. The Bible holds the answers to sin, to sorrow, and death. The Bible is the prescription. Everybody said it's the what? It's the prescription. It's both the paper and the pill. Because obviously we we see it. It's it's on the paper, but it's also the pill. So that if the Word of God gets in you, it can make some amazing changes in your life. That's why James, the brother of Jesus, said this in James chapter 1 and verse 21. Humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. Read the last line with me. For it has the power to save your souls. See, that's why Christianity, salvation happens by faith and God's grace. The minute you say, Yes, I do, because somebody was preaching the Word of God, and you said, Yes, I do, and there was life that sprung inside of you, a new birth. But the more you hear God's Word, the more you absorb, and the the, the more that you assimilate God's Word in your life, the changes. Be, happen more often, more regularly. You guys got that? Because in it is the power to save your souls, to change your life, to make you more like Christ. It's, it's awesome. So the Bible is divine. It's inspired. It's sufficient. It's powerful. And it's also this. It's inerrant. Say it out loud. Inerrant, which means without error. I know what you're thinking right now, but the Bible is filled with contradictions, isn't it? At least that's what the skeptics say, that it's filled with contradictions. Well, it would seem that there are a few contradictions in the Bible, but are they really contradictions? Would you like to investigate these alleged contradictions? I would love to, but we're out of time. No, 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 no. We still have a little bit of time. You ready? Look at your neighbor and say, let's do this. All right. Are they really contradictions? Let's investigate them. In the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 2, it says, Then he said, this is God speaking, Take now your son, talking to Abraham, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. All right, so God called Isaac, telling Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take Isaac, and he calls Isaac Abraham's only son. Say it out loud, Abraham's only son. But if you've read the story of Abraham, you know that Abraham has an older son named Ishmael. So, does God have Alzheimer's? And does a bald man need a comb? Everybody said no, right? Then, why did God call Isaac Abraham's only son? Well, if you remember Abraham's story, God had promised Abraham a son in his old age, a son of faith, a child of promise. But Abe and his wife, became impatient and decided to help God out. Sarah told Abraham, I'm not already 90, I'm I'm, I'm up in age, I, I mean, my womb is dead and you're really pushing this thing that God promised you a kid, so why don't you, you know, have relationship with my Egyptian maid and she'll be my surrogate. We'll help God out. Killed two birds with one stone. So they decided to help God out. That's the story. All right? The surrogate produced Ishmael. Then later on, just as God promised, 99-year-old Sarah got pregnant with the son God had promised. And Isaac was his name. Now, God didn't want any credit for Ishmael. Uh, That's your guys's, right? In God's eyes, Isaac was the only son, the son of promise. So even though it seems like a contradiction, it's easily explained. And it it doesn't change the topic, the theme, or the outcome of the story. You guys got that? Every alleged contradiction in the Bible has a clear and logical explanation. Like in the Gospels, the synopsis of the four Gospels, the overlapping stories, there also appears to be a couple of contradictions. One is found in the story of Jesus healing a blind man. Here it is, Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. But the same story in Luke reads like this. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Then it happened, as Jesus was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told them that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So was it one or two blind guys? See there? Contradictions. Then there's the story of the empty tomb. And it has a similar situation. A so called contradiction is pointed out. Matthew chapter 28, verse 5. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. Okay? But then John's gospel, in John's gospel it says this. John chapter 20 starting with verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw, what? Two angels in white sitting. One at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? So was it one... Or two angels? (sighs) Contradiction. Listen. These so-called contradictions are easily explained. In any event, several eyewitnesses will see things differently. One may have a, a better view or saw it from a different angle. One will see one, while another, I saw two. Nevertheless... The contradiction or the supposed contradiction in these accounts does not diminish the event. Jesus healed the blind men. That's the headline. The tomb was empty. That's the news. It didn't take away from the real body or headline. It was just a different perspective. The supposed contradiction didn't change the story. So you get what some of these skeptics are saying about the supposed contradictions of the Bible. They're not really there. The Bible is God's reliable, inerrant word, a divine message for us. Its pages look like just mere words, but the breath of God is in those words and has the power to give us life. The Bible is God's reliable, inerrant word, a divine message for us. So stop looking for messages in the stars, in the crystals, in religious traditions, in blood moons, or in new prophetic revelations. God has said all that He is going to say. The Bible is complete the way that it is. He has said everything He's going to say. And it's a message for us. So look into the Bible and let the Bible look into you. I'll close with this last verse. Proverbs 23, verse 23. Buy the truth and don't sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. Buy the truth. In other words, it's saying, hey, the truth is going to cost you. It's there. You have to look for it. You have to seek it. And when you seek it, you shall find. You'll get discipline. You'll get wisdom. And you'll get understanding. Isn't that awesome, guys? That's what the Bible is composed of. Now, obviously, we're not done with this amazing book communicate this amazing story called the Bible. I've only scratched the surface. I've showed you the tip of the iceberg. Next week, we'll go a little further. We'll see all of the things that God uses to illustrate God's Word is like a mirror. God's Word is like a seed. God's Word is like a sword. God's Word is like... We'll investigate all those illustrations that God gives so that we can better understand what this Bible is that we hold in our hands and that it is more than just one of those other sacred books this book that we hold is divine and powerful and has within it the power to transform our lives
0: As we cling to the. Simple. You've been listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been refreshing us all by bringing it all back to the simple basics of the faith. And when it comes back to the basics that everybody knows and takes for granted, there's one verse that's more quoted than any other in history. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Take a moment and bask in the glory of God's unending, unstoppable, unfiltered love for you. He loved you so much that He gave His Son for you. Have you said yes to Him? If you haven't, here's your chance. Just tell Him that you repent of all the wrong that you've done and that you believe in Him. Make Him Lord over your life today. It's the only response we can have to a love that's that big. If you made that decision today, would you let us know? Call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We want to celebrate with you. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. Are you in the area? Even better than a phone call, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're so excited to meet you and have you join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We hope to see you soon, and we'll be back next time with more from The Simple Truth.